0: Hi, welcome to Her Voice China and I'm your host, Karen He. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Casey Peng. Casey is a product designer at Later, a Vancouver mid-sized tech company. Casey was raised in Foshan, China, and she moved to Vancouver on her own when she was 18. She graduated from the School of Interactive Arts and Technology at Simon Fraser University in 2020. She has created interfaces for enterprises like SAP and Nokia, and also crafted creative solutions for Vancouver public centers and local startups. It's my honor to have you here on my show, Casey. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you?
1: Why don't you just tell us three fun facts about you? Sure, thank you so much for having me here, Karen. And actually it's a bit awkward, Um, not awkward, but like I would say a bit weird to speak English with you because we usually speak Cantonese, right? So I think this is a very interesting experience. And again, I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Casey. I'm a product designer. Um, it's sort of like a new role or new title um, right now. So maybe a lot of people don't know what product designers do. I would just um, start to introduce a bit about that. So put it simply I design product features and interfaces uh, mostly for digital products. for example like let's say if I work in Google and if I work in the Google Map team then I design the interfaces um, and features of Google Map. That's what I do for job. And um, three fun facts about myself yes so um, I guess the first fun fact that I always surprise people, Is um, I actually really like hip hop culture. And I remember there was one time when I was in school, I was in the studio and I was listening to some music and then my, my teammate asked me, yo, what are you listening? And I said, you want to, you want to listen? And then and then he grabbed my microphone, uh, sorry, he grabbed my earphone and it was like some very old school trap music. And then he was so surprised, like a little Asian girl wear, always wearing pink and like being so girly at school is listening to some like old school trap music. So I think that's the first fun fact about myself. Um, and then I guess the second fun fact is um, my favorite dessert is daofu um, fa which is a sort of tofu pudding. And um, it's, it's a Chinese dessert, I believe. Um, um, so it's not really popular in Western country, um, but it's one of the cheapest dessert that we can found. And it's, so for example, like in the Chinese market, you can find like $2 for a big bowl. And, and so yummy, it's it's my whole day happiness. And then my mom always laugh at me that like, you, you like the cheapest dessert, you like the cheapest food from the whole market. And I say, yes, that's my favorite. I love the tofu pudding. <laughs> so I would say that's the second fun fact. Um, um, the third fun fact, I would like to share one of my secret skills. I think I am very good at folding clothes. <laughs> My, because I work in retail and um, I need to do lots of clothes folding t-shirt folding in my work and I'm actually very good at that. Um, I'd like to show you my closet if we have a chance but it's really impressive. I'm very confident about my clothes folding skills so that's my three fun fact.
0: That's awesome and as our listeners can find out Casey you speak really good English. And most of our listeners are still in university trying to learn English. So my first question will be, like, in your opinion, what is the most effective way of learning English?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good question. And that's a question that all the international students would need to encounter. So I think my best advice of English is to put it in use. For every language, actually, the more you use it, whether it's in a spoken way, um, in a written way, or um, if you want to practice listening and reading, any perspective, the more you use it, the more familiar um, you are with it. So I guess my best advice is to put it into use. Just keep using it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good advice and um so when it comes to learning english we know there's input and output for input like what kind of materials or like websites do you visit when you're trying to learn english or learn the culture
1: yeah um i think that's a very fair question to ask for for me i used to look for some material that's um for the sake of learning english for example i would You know, people always say, oh, watch some English shows, watch some English movies, stuff like that. So I tried that and I noticed that that doesn't really work for me because I'm not I'm not very interested. So what I am doing right now is I don't force myself to to read um, or like to consume any English input that I'm not interested. I only do the things that I am interested in. For example, I'm a very big horoscope person. So I like to read all like about like horoscope, like what's your sign, I'm a Libra, what's Libra's personality, I really like those things. Um, I, I read about that a lot when I was in middle school, in Chinese, of course. Um, so I realized that in English content, some analysis are slightly different. So I'm very interested So I start to read about those. And then, so I have a lot more understanding of like what a Libra person would look like, what is, um, um, what are their love fortune for the coming month or stuff like that. So just random things like this um, or something like travel reviews. I also love to read. Um, for example, if I need to travel to a country that's not really popular to Chinese people, um, then I have to do research on English content. And I have, I have no choice because I have a lot more research to do um, in English content. So I read travel reviews too. Um, um, but yeah, it really depends. Um, I, I no longer force myself to read or listen to anything that I am not interested in. So I found that work for myself uh, a lot more better than forcing myself to do something that I don't like to do. So I would like to share that with you guys to just do anything that you're interested in.
0: You bring up the topic work and I was thinking what, what's your advice on like if it, when it comes to learning at work? Like, you know, we always face this kind of challenges when we don't understand the, uh, our leader or our colleagues comments on something. What is your advice, like how to get better at it? Like, this is something I'm really interested because I'm kind of struggling as well right now.
1: Yeah, and I think my answer is really simple to that question. If you don't understand, you ask. You ask them to say that again. And I think it's really normal because even though when two Chinese native speakers are talking to each other, sometimes something doesn't make sense. And sometimes something um, is not communicating across to the other person. And I think that's really normal. And in that case, we just ask, like, what do you mean? Can you say that? Like, what, 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 what are you trying to say? So, it's the same in English. If I don't understand in a um, professional career settings, I just I just ask. I say, sorry. Um, well, I mean, I I sometimes will ask like, oh, sorry, I I don't really get it. Do you? C- could you explain again? Or sometimes I will um, be like, oh, just to clarify, this is my understanding. Um, do you mean this? Do I understand it correctly? So I I phrase it in this way to show them that I didn't fully understand the context and they will explain again. And usually when they explain for the second time then I understand. So I think my best bet is just to ask if you don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great point. I will for sure ask more questions when I don't understand something. So thank you for that. So now we move to output. So output like one of the key aspects a key important thing about output is to actually have the courage to speak English to like strangers or to your colleagues, to your classmates. So how do we get fluent in speaking
1: English? Um, Yeah, as I said earlier, think if you wanna get fluent in spoken English, just just keep speaking, just keep use it, keep put that into use. you know, as the old saying goes, practice makes perfect. And this is the most efficient way anyways. So for me personally, um, just my personal stories though, I used to work at retail and I think that is the time where I like my spoken English or my oral English go like rocket. And it's just a big boost because I am speaking every day to the customers, to my colleagues even though my English is not perfect, but I'm speaking every day. So I get a lot more comfortable with it. Um, And that being said, my English might not be like grammatically perfect, but I think what I improved from that is I feel a lot more comfortable speaking English. Like when I speak English for the whole day, I don't feel tired or I don't feel nervous anymore. So I think that's a big improvement for myself is to getting more comfortable with that language. Yeah,
0: getting comfortable with the language is definitely something we all need to work on because we are not perfect. We are not native speakers. Even if you are a native speaker, you, always make mis- you will sometimes make mistakes too, right? So have you ever made any mistakes or make any jokes because you didn't understand the language? You didn't understand the culture? Have you ever encountered anything like that?
1: Yes, a lot. I mean, even though right now I've been living in Vancouver for like more than more than five or six years right now, I, I still don't understand lots of things, especially when it came to like the local slangs or some um some games that they play in their childhood. I play different games, so I don't know. Um so I, I like to joke about it. Um to tell people that I don't know, um, and I think it's joking is actually a way to avoid embarrassment, in my perspective. And I think one of the common thing that I, um, or I say one of the common reaction that I like to use is I I I joke like, oh I totally understand what you are talking about, and then people would just be like, okay this girl has no idea we are talking about, so we should probably change the topic or something. Um, and nobody got offended if you don't if you don't understand what they are talking, it's, It's normal, like for example, sometimes I don't know what my Chinese friends are talking. Like for example, if they are watching some like survival shows like Um, So it's like Chinese version of Produce 101. I don't watch the show. I have no idea what they're talking about. So I think it's really normal that if you don't some, if you don't know something that people are talking about and then um, you just joke around about it or just say, I don't know. it's fine, honestly.
0: So my question would be, would you force yourself to learn about the culture, like learn about the shows, maybe watch some shows that they talk about? Would you ever do that? Or you would be like, no, it's okay. We have different lifestyle, different interests. So I don't need to really like try so hard to fit into the uh, to the culture.
1: Um, personally, I don't um, like, well, I don't know. I think everyone has different interests and everyone has different hobbies. Everyone has different passions. And I think that's okay. It's, you can still be friends, even though if you like different TV shows or even though if you play different games, you can still be friends, right? So I personally don't force myself to um, like watch or learn something that I am not interested. But if I am interested, then, then I will go watch it. For example, if my if my friends are talking about a TV show recently, and then I think, oh my god, that um, I, I'm like totally hooked, and I, I might go watch it. So, next time I'll discuss the new uh, the new episode. But if I'm not interested, um, for example, whenever they're talking about like video games, I, I, I have like zero knowledge about it, and I never wanted to learn, <laughs> so I, I just drop the topic whenever they're talking about video games. I, I don't force myself to learn something new just to get into the conversation I, I don't think it's necessary either i think you can make friends even though you like different things
0: that's true cuz i found that personally i have like we as in a, when i'm like socializing with my friends i notice they they talk about different topics when it comes to talking to me or talking to like other local friends so i think it's normal to have different interests and different topics to talk about so I'm very curious, as we are talking about friends and social life, how did you make your first local friend in Canada?
1: Um, I, I think my first local friend, actually, I, I don't even consider her as local because she also she's also an immigrant. She moved um, from Korea when she was in high school. Um, but I would say that's the first foreign friend that I make. Um, we were in the same... Um, esl writing class so you know like when you go into university if your writing is not exceed a certain grade then you will be put into like a pre requirement writing class or something like that and mostly that class are um english speakers so um how did i make that friend it, it was it was really simple we like to eat so we just we just explore different restaurants in Vancouver on weekends. And we also like shopping. So we also shop together. So, you know, just like how you make friends with girls and no matter if they're Chinese girls or Korean girls or Canadian girls, like girls like the same thing. And you, you become friends because of that. So it's, it's just simple as that. We've eaten lots of Vancouver restaurants. So that was some good memories. That's great
0: oh man that brings me back to my memory of having my first local friend and it's the same thing ESL class and we get to like I feel like we should treat ESL class as a great way to find friends because you meet with so many people from so many different backgrounds so it's a great place to start making friends and so beside ESL class what are some good ways to make like more local friends for international students? Because I know sometimes um, a lot of people say, oh, Chinese stick to each other. They
1: don't really communicate with the local students. What's your take on that? Uh, yes, I, I do know that too. And I think that, is, I think that makes sense um, because um, for Chinese international students, we have the same culture background and we just have the same, and grew up environment. So it's very easy for us to connect to each other, to feel empathetic um, with each other. And it's easier for us to become friends and not to mention the language that we speak. So I, I think it's very normal thing, just like people with the same interests, it's easier for them to become friends. And people with the same cultural background it's easier for them to become friends. I think that's really normal. I don't I don't want to judge on that and say that's a bad thing because I I really don't think it is. But um, what I think is, um, especially when you're studying abroad, you are stepping out of your comfort zone. So you definitely want to make friends that's um, more than your culture zone, like more than just Chinese international student friends. It's a very great opportunity and you should make different friends from that and um yeah so um first of all i think it's really normal to 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 hang out with chinese students but more importantly you should also try hanging out with other students because they have different perspectives they are very nice and funny persons as well you don't want to lose those friends because um because they're not chinese right and yeah that's that's my opinion
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's something we all need to think about when it comes to like making friends. Maybe sometimes getting out of your comfort zone will bring you surprises, you never know, right? So, but when we are making friends, sometimes we face this cultural barrier. I'm pretty sure you have uh, faced that kind of thing too. So can you share with us a story where you face a cultural barrier?
1: Um yeah I think um it's mostly the times that they're talking about um something that I haven't experienced uh, that I haven't experienced before for, for example um you know how when we were in Chinese high school it's so stressful that everyone was preparing for college ex- college entrance exam and we need to wear school uniforms and then we have no other life other than preparing for the exams. And um, the life for high school students here are totally different. Um, they finish class at 3 p.m. and they have lots of like social activities to do. So I think whenever they're talking about that, I I just can't relate because I don't have the same experience. Um, so I, I definitely have experienced um, something like that. Um, I mean, the culture, culture barrier. And I think what I do is that, um, you know, it's um it's a new story for me. So for me, I I can be a story listener. I can learn about their um life experience because it's so different from mine. So I just become a listener and then I stay curious. I I ask them if I hear something that's different from mine and I also share my experience. I tell them, "Oh, you did this in high school. I did I did that." Or sometimes we find something in common, like, "Oh, your teacher was like that? Oh, my teacher was like that too." So, um, you know, you can still keep the conversation going, um, just embrace the difference and it's not a bad thing eventually.
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like we can f- always find common ground between us and the local f- um the local students. Um, but when it comes to differences, what is the biggest difference between your local friends and your Chinese
1: friends? Um, one big difference that I found is, I found that the students here are a lot more financially cautious compared to Chinese students because I think it might be a, a cultural thing because for Asian parents or Asian families, not only Chinese, but also for like other Asian countries, I think the families like to support their kids, um, especially especially Chinese families. They think um, study should be the priority of the kid's life and they shouldn't be distracted by anything else, whether it's video games or spending money or dating, anything like that. Um, so they like to invest in education. They like to give money to the kids so that the kids can put all of their mindsets and energy into study. And that is very different from um, lots of my local friends here that I noticed that because people here like they usually don't get uh, financial support when they turn 18. So a lot of them have to use um, student loan for university and they have to work for part time job. And that is their um, um there's their like life expense sort of like if you want to buy something else that's out of your reach, your parents won't pay for it, you have to work for it. Even like this is this is for everyone, not for everyone, this is for most of people, no matter what their financial status is. Because I have seen people with let's say very, very rich people, like I like, I, I, I just can't imagine how rich they are because I know that they own a few buildings in another country, like a few buildings. Like they're definitely really rich, but um, their kids are using student loans. Their kids are working part-time to pay for their thing. And, and their kids are worrying about like paying, um, paying out student loan after they graduate. Um, so I think this is how different families are raising their children. And I think that's the, one of the very big difference that i found between Chinese students and let's say Chinese international students in, in particular, because it might be a different case from like local Chinese students who are still studying China. Um, but yeah, that's one of the big difference that I found. And because of that, that also leads to some other gaps between the students. For example, let's say, Um, if two students are going out for shopping, and um, the students with more financial support will have more options to choose what they want to buy, versus um, the students are are like using their part-time worth money to shop, will be more cautious, or will be, um, will just have a different mindset. So that's one thing I noticed, and it's just very interesting. I, I don't think, anyone is is better than the other one, but it's just very interesting how different families or like different cultural backgrounds are, um, are giving different financial support to the, to the children.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that too, because I, I really agree with you. Like here, like lo- the lo- local friends I know, they all work part-time, full-time, Summer jobs, they like even do like summer camp, like counselor or something like that. So while we're on that, um, I know you, you have uh, done your retail job. Um, how did you get that job? I'm very curious because I know like it's kind of hard to get a job when you don't have much experience.
1: Yes, it is. I would say it's always the hardest to get your first job, right? So when, when I get my first job, um, it was um, a seasonal sales associate um, in retail. So it was around the Christmas time where um, they're in a high demand of people. So they hire a bunch of seasonals who only work there for like a month or so just during the holiday season. So at that time, the bar was usually really low because they only need people for like, you know, one or two months they, they don't have to commit that much. And they, they just really need people at the time. So that's, that's how I get a first job. Not because how, how good I was, just because the bar was very low. And after you get your first job, the second one will be easier. The third one will be way easier. And then um, the fourth one will be super easy. Maybe you can pick the companies that you like. So, so yeah, that's how I get my first retail job. And I um, happened to stay in retail for like another three to four years during my university.
0: So what was the biggest lesson you learned from doing retail?
1: Um, I definitely learned a lot from my retail part-time job. Um, But I think one of the biggest things I learned is about communication. And when I say communication here, it's not about English skills. It's Nothing about English skills. Um, when we're talking about communication, and people always think that okay, my English is not good. How can I how can I communicate well? But this is what I learned from retail. I think these are two concepts: language communication, different. Why I say that? Because I happen to be able to help non-English speakers in my job. And by saying non-English speakers, they're not even Chinese. Like they're like, um, sometimes they're from Thailand. Sometimes they're from like Vietnam. And and sometimes I don't even know which country they're from, but but they, they are definitely not Chinese. and they don't speak much English. And when my colleagues see them, they just pass over them to me because they think I can help them. And it's like just a very funny story that I happen to be the helper. Um, for all the non-English speaker customer in my store, but what I want to say is, in this case, we, we don't use in, we don't use too much English skills to communicate, right? But how we communicate, um, for me, I think it's like you are looking for what the customer is looking for. Um, for example, um, a customer is a bit more price cautious and she's a bit more interested in um items that are on sale then you can recommend her more sale items right and it doesn't matter how good is your english or how 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 good is their english It, it doesn't really matter because they are here to buy clothes not to like not to practice english so um so this is what i do i i listen to their demand i understand their demand but not from a language perspective and i also communicate myself um, that is matching their understanding of english for example if you know a customer that i'm not a native english speakers like what is the point using very flossy words to to sell your clothes just use simple words just tell them this clothes beautiful skinny and just use simple words and people will get it and and people buy it. Like that's the ultimate goal is to get people to buy your clothes, um, and that's nothing about English. that's about communication. So I, I learned that a lot, and that actually gave me lots of confidence um, in my future studies or like whenever I'm doing presentations. Because understand that English is not the case. It's about passing your ideas to your audience. It's about communicating yourself to the audience, and it's nothing about English. So I think. That's the biggest lesson that I learned during my retail job.
0: That is very on point, very insightful, very good answer. Like, wow, I have to say, wow, because I learned so much from this language and communication, not necessarily the same thing. So I noticed, because uh, I started at LinkedIn, I noticed that you did several internships while you were studying in university. And I'm curious, which internship taught you the most and which one was your favorite?
1: Um, I think um, my second internship at Nokia definitely taught me the most um, because, um, so I think first of all, the mindset. Actually, like to be very honest, I was a bit disappointed when I got an internship because I thought I am, I don't know I think I was a bit like not humble at that time and I think I deserve a better job um so I was not like so Nokia was not my first choice at that time um so I was a bit disappointed when I received the offer and that's the only offer that I would see but I have to take it because if I don't take it I have nothing so um I took it and this is what my roommate told me and I think it made lots of sense to me. She said, you have no choice right now. Um you you have to take this internship even though it's not your first choice. But what you can do is to make the best out of it. Because you have to take it anyways. You have to work there for four months anyways. So might as well just make the best out of it. Learn as much as you could, know as much of um as many as people as you can and just try your best to make the best out of it. So I think that mindset have pushed me to to learn in that internship. So I think that is the main motivation. And also from like, um, um, from a technical perspective for my like, um, from the perspective of my field, which is um, interaction design, um, what I learned is that because Nokia is doing a very complex domain, which is 5G and automation in the Ottawa campus. So, so they're not doing phone in the Ottawa campus, they're doing um, 5G automation and network, something that's very complex. Um, so that also taught me a lot because I don't get to learn that in any other companies, only at Nokia, only at Ottawa campus. So I think that also gave me um, some, learning opportunities to learn um, how to work on a complex domain that I have no knowledge of.
0: Yeah, that's some great learning experience, to be honest. And um, when it comes to, let's flash back to interview. When it comes to interview, you said something like a two-way interview before, um it's not uh, let me just quickly explain it It's just not you not only you uh, cho- uh, not only the company choosing you you're also choosing a company and can you elaborate on that and can you tell also tell us how we can apply it
1: yeah for sure um i also learned this mindset from another friend of mine it seems like i learned a lot from my friends they're really helpful um, but yeah, so, um, you know, it's really normal to get really nervous in an interview because you think you're being judged, because you think you're being evaluated. Um, and that's really normal. And it's also really normal that people do stupid things when they are too nervous. So that's why I think having a great, having a right mindset is important. So um, what I mean by two-way interview is that while they are judging you, they are evaluating if you are a good candidate for them. You are also um, kind of evaluating if this is the good company for your next opportunity, if this is the job that, I w- that you want to do in the next couple months or years, if this is the manager or colleague that you would like to collaborate in a day-to-day settings. So you are also kind of putting yourself into the team setting and see if you like the job or not. So having that mindset in mind, um, for me, it just feel like we are on the same level. Um, we are like, I am not lower than them. Like they're not just like standing at high point and like judging me or something we are just um, trying to understand each other and trying to understand if we are a good fit for each other. So I think in that way, I would not be overly nervous and I would not be overly humble and just be like, oh my God, I'm begging you, please hire me, please give me a job. That's not, that's not a great attitude and interview. So, um, So that's a little technique for me to Keep myself um, away from being nervous and just not be too humble and just be confident and keep telling them that um, I'm a good candidate and you are not my own, you might not be my only choice. I'm also interviewing with other companies, right? And I will pick the best one that I can. So I think just a little um, kind of tricks that how I can like um, put myself into the right mindset. Doing when um when I'm doing interviews? Yeah, when
0: it comes to when it comes to interview, I think another very important thing is confidence. And I have to be honest, I think you have always been a confident person from like from elementary school till now. I feel like you are a pretty confident person. But do you think you are a confident person though? Like do you think you are always this confident or have you ever slightly doubted yourself before.
1: Of course, of course. I mean who doesn't right? Who's like always being confident? That's that, that that's not possible. Um of course I, I doubt myself um in many different perspectives um especially like from um, like like the recent one that I remember was a few a few weeks ago when I was still searching jobs and I couldn't land on a good opportunity and I start to um like self-doubting myself and see if I am a good designer, if I am competitive enough in the job market or stuff like that. Um, and I learned that um it actually has a name. It's called um it's called impulsive syndrome that so you're underestimate yourself and, and, and that is common too, it's, it's normal and I think for me I've definitely have some times like that um, and I think it's really important to, to face that to to understand that in you are in a, that mindset that you start to like doubting yourself. And I think at that time, um, the people around you are really important. So, so whenever that happened to me, I like to talk to my friends or anyone that's around me and tell them I'm in a, like I start to thinking myself like that and people will start to encourage me and say, no, you're good. Like you know, you it's just not the time, it's just not the timing yet for you to land on the next job. And they start to encourage me, they start to um let me see the good side of myself again. So I always think in those moments that I am not confident, I think people around me has given me lots of support to build that confidence again
0: yeah friends are extremely important but for ourselves if we are going to work on ourselves are there any ways to boost our confidence
1: um yes i, I think so um so i often found that when i am not confident lots of the time it's because i it's because of ignorance like it's because I, I don't understand the situation. For example, let's say because of the pandemic, lots of the jobs were cut down, lots of the headcount were canceled. So the job market is extremely competitive and not to mention you have to compete with people who got laid off last year due to the outbreak. Um, so if you can't find a job right now, let's say just given this as, a, as an example, you might be really unconfident, but if you know the fact that this is the market look like right now, then you will be a bit more calm, hopefully, because you understand the current situation. And I also remember that there is a story that I would like to tell in this case. um, um, I still remember this, even though it happens um, in my first semester um, that I started at SFU. It was like in 2015, so like six years ago now, but I still remember it so vividly. Um, so the story it was I was taking a fine art class. I have no idea why I'm taking that class in my first semester. It was really stupid ideas, but it was some, I learned a lot too. so I was taking a fine art class' just talking about some fine arts history, and things are extremely abstract and I read a textbook, I I read the readings of science, I have no idea what it's talking about. So I start to think it's my English problem because it was my first semester at SFU. So I thought, okay, shit, like my English is so bad, I can't understand any of this. So I I was so scared. I was so anxious. I was so unconfident. And I talked to the TA. I told her about um, all the emotions going on. I said, I'm so anxious. And she said, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's not your English problem because lots of local students don't understand either. And I was like, really? But these are English, they should understand. Then my teacher said, okay, because it's English, it doesn't mean that they will just understand, right? And then I searched for the book and it happened that the book was so famous that it actually has a Chinese translation. So I still remember the book the name is a really famous art book. It's called The Work of Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction. Um, okay, listen to the name. It's it's just so abstract. So I, I look at the Chinese translation. Everything is in Chinese was in my, my mother language. So I'm very excited to read it. And it happened to have no idea what it's talking about. So just like, you know, when you're like, I think all the Chinese students in middle school, high school, you guys have taken philosophy before, right? Like, zhue shue You understand every single characters, but you don't know what the sentence means. And that's the same for some English context as well. So knowing that, I, I stopped being anxious. I, I stopped being unconscious because I know that it's not, it's not my English problem it's not it's not my problem it's just the context itself so it's hard to understand because because it's just very complex so I you know I start being anxious and I start to work on it I, I start this to you know um, not only read the book itself but I also read some analysis of the book or like people's um kind of reviews or people's um papers talking about it and um just to trying to learn the context from a different perspective and of course i read some chinese and some chinese articles too so it's faster for me to read so i so so that was the content that i want to say is um that tells me that sometimes uh, we are unconfident it's only because we don't know the home situation for example like you don't know the job market or you don't know The book is very abstract, but ask for help, talk to people, and just to keep trying to to learn more about it. And the more you know, the less you will be anxious, the less you will be unconfident. So that's the story that I still remember until now. And I'd like to share it to all of you. And I hope that can, you know, that can boost some of your. Um, confidence because um it's just unnecessary to to keep that anxiety around you
0: yeah for sure that's some that's a very impressive story that's a good story to demonstrate the point you're making um what is your final advice for our listener who are still studying abroad, like in their university still having still trying to figure out like their life what is your general advice for them
1: um, I think the things that we talk about are really important, such as making friends out of your comfort zones or out of your culture zones and um, be confident. That's that's very important, whatever settings that you're in. And I think um, just study hard, work hard, keep trying, and you will be thankful for yourself later on. And even though some of the attempt might not be successful at this time, just keep trying, just um, ask for help, ask for support. We have so many help resources here, no matter they're your professor, TA, senior classmates, coworkers, your friends, your family, advisors at school. There are so many people that you can ask for help. And why are you wasting those resources? Use those resources wisely. Um, ask for help and listen to the advice. Work hard, and you're gonna see the results.
0: That's some really solid words. Solid, solid, like gold. 就是金句啊，真的是金句。就是 it's very um gives you a lot of ideas, insightful. Um, so thank you so much, Casey, for your time here. We I really enjoy talking to you and just such a, you're just such a great person to talk to. And I really learned so much from you. So everyone stay tuned for our next episode. Next episode, we will have a different guest and we will have a different story for you to learn more about our um, female international student um, studying abroad life. Thank you so much. Okay, bye.